Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Win Today podcast. My name is Ryan Cass, and I am your host. Our mission is to inspire people to win today by connecting with amazing leaders and sharing amazing stories. We have another episode here in season number two, and we are joined by Kiana Williams. Hello. Kiana is a life coach focused on self-awareness founder and CEO of the Mingle brand, and she is also a real estate agent here in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Kiana, I love the work that you're doing. been following you for a while with everything that you do with Kyle, and let me forget, before I forget, she is also the author of the book, Ready to Mingle. Yes. So looking forward to learning more about you. So why don't you tell us more about who you are, what you do, and I look forward to talking about what you do through the Mingle brand and how you help people through that. And then I want to talk a lot about self-awareness today. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Ryan. I'm very excited, especially because I'm not 100% sure exactly what we're going to talk about. And that makes me very happy Um, to, I guess, speak a little bit about me. The way that I identify myself, like all that you said, is accurate for sure. Um, but I say that my identity is wrapped around my desire for people to see God through me. Mm. So everything that I do, especially this year, is geared towards that. So it's twofold, seeing God through me and then allowing other people the opportunity to see God in themselves. Mm. So the book, Ready to Mingle, was, I always say it, I feel like it wasn't me. Some of the stuff in the book, I've read it like to my parents, and they're like, how did you come up with this? I'm like, I don't know. It wasn't me. So if you like it, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got your name on it. Right. I just you know, published it, but it's not me. <laughs> I love that you mentioned your identity, and that's something that I just had a conversation with Kyle, and Kyle has all these titles between podcaster, mm-hmm. CEO, founder of the author selling system the writer's game you name Mm -hmm. it and it's so easy to we sometimes think we're defined by our titles Mm -hmm. but it's not really our titles because you can be a ceo it doesn't mean that you're a great person right you can be a harvard graduate it doesn't mean that you're a brainiac Mm -hmm. it's our identity and you mentioned hey all these things about me cool but what i really want my mission is for people to see god through me and yes. to see God in themselves. That's who Kiana Williams is. That yes. is amazing. Thank you. How long has that been your identity? Interestingly, <clears throat> for a long time. Um, I didn't have the verbiage for it mm-hmm. initially, but especially like once I got to high school, that became my goal. Like, okay, so fun fact about me. When I was forever, really, I wanted to be a singer. And when I was very young, my parent we lived in Texas. My dad was in the military, so at one point we were stationed in Texas. And so um, we used to go to the Potter's house, um, T.D. Jakes' church. And I, I remember, like, the first time we went to the Potter's house, I came home and I told my parents, I said, I want to be a preacher. <laughs> I, had, I could just see, like, the impact of, you know, people rushing to the altar and like just crying and all those things and so um then in high school I was like I want to be a gospel singer and so then I was I just knew that the church like it just called me 
But I wasn't ready for that type of responsibility because then I would um, just kind of see how if, you know, in that role, when you are someone that is supposed to be speaking on behalf of God, people have higher expectations for you. And so that's in the way that you dress, the things that you say, the music that you listen to, like your being has to align with what is expected of you in that role. And Mm -hmm. I just think at that time, I wasn't ready for that. I was just like, "Eh, no, I'm about to go to college. I want to be able to like go to parties and stuff like that. So (laughs) I don't want people thinking like that I'm living two different lives or two different realities. So I just wasn't ready Mm -hmm. at the time. But it's always, I feel like I've always been drawn back to it. So now I'm more accepting. (laughs) Yeah, so you've always felt it in the heart from right. from an early age. Yes. Got it. So you operate from the heart. I love that. I do. I love that. <laughs> Life coaching, that's that's your bread and butter, fair to say? It's it's um it's becoming that way. Yes. It's becoming that way. Mm-hmm. And I and the reason why I bring it up that way is because I believe that life is the greatest teacher. Mm-hmm. And I'm always curious to understand why people get into the fields that they get into, whether mm-hmm. it's real estate or whether it's banking, whether it's, you name it, being an author. Mm-hmm. There's usually some sort, but when it comes to being a life coach, we're in the, you're in the business of helping people mm-hmm. become the best version of themselves or, in your case, become more self-aware. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen is that most folks that are in this space are typically influenced by a certain event or series of events mm. that make them want to get into it. Like for me, for instance, why I'm so passionate about sharing the message of goal setting. The reason why I do this is because one, I wasn't very focused growing up and I had these dreams of becoming a business owner and mm. impacting lots of people. That wasn't going to happen unless something changed. But the right. deeper reason and why I do what I do is because I'm ending a generational curse in my family. Mm. I'm not going to be the next person that has carried on the systemic trends of alcoholism and things that I saw growing up. Mm-hmm. And goal setting has been the change that I've made and incorporated into my life that is allowing me to not carry on that trend and also be focused. And I'm teaching that to people now. That's my why. So mm-hmm. what is your why for teaching people how to be more self-aware what got you into this that's a great question so I'm going to go back to a particular story that appears in my book in the very beginning of the book um so when I was okay let me start a little bit earlier than that so when I was in elementary school my grandmother used to watch the Oprah Winfrey show like every day when it came on and so after school I would sit on the floor in her room and then I would watch watch it with her And there was a particular episode where she was talking about childhood trauma. And the way that she was, like, depicting it, I was like, hmm, that sounds like my dad. And so there was one day, my dad would always make comments like, you know, if I was a child, then this would, if I would have said that to my mom and I was your age, then this would have happened. Or I wish I would have said that. And so I was like, one day I looked at him and I said, Dad, it sounds like you have some unresolved childhood trauma because I had heard it on the Oprah Winfrey show. Mm -hmm. And so my dad, he wasn't. He wasn't going for that. That, It just wasn't really appropriate, for one, because I was like seven. Um, And then so it just wasn't well received. But I realized at that point that I had a ability to see things in people. So when Mm -hmm. we talk about like the self-awareness piece, I was able to see gaps in people that they were experiencing that 
they couldn't identify for themselves. And then it just kind of went along. And like I said, I always had like this knack for the church. And you can call it what you want. People say self-awareness or intuition or all of these different things. Essentially, it comes down to discernment, which is one of the chapters in my book where a lot of the things that we're able to foresee it's deeper than just like, oh, I had a feeling that this happened. And so my goal really in becoming a life coach was to be able to help improve people's discernment and to, if I ask you how you're feeling right now, for you not to just tell me you feel good because good is not an emotion. Mm -hmm. So helping people see the things that they're missing. Mm. I love that. So... Early on, you've, one, discovered, hey, I've got this passion for the church. Mm -hmm. And you also have this ability to, as you mentioned, identify gaps in people. Right. I feel like those are things that folks don't discover so early on. (laughs) Probably without the church, I don't think that that would have been, like, a thing, I feel like. Yeah, but it's just, it's incredible... The, and I think this speaks to so the reason you know we know each other through through Kyle's mastermind group mm-hmm. and, and being a friend with Kyle and I'm so blown away by this community that has that's been created mm-hmm. because there's so many amazing people like what I'm hearing from you you are in the business of helping people and that's something that you discovered you had a knack for at seven years old mm-hmm and then at 16 is where 16 high school age is where you started really identifying with hey the church and I want people to be able to see God through me Mm -hmm. and there's so many people in this community that we're in that that are in their swim lanes just doing amazing things Mm -hmm. and I think it speaks so much to the power of surrounding yourself with the right people I agree with that And I think that I don't feel like I'm an anomaly. I feel like this is, like you said, it's my lane. So it aligns like that. But I think that for all of us, there's an opportunity to see alignment throughout our journey. I think a lot of times in wanting to lean onto our own understanding, we insert other things into our journey that don't align. And so it looks like we're kind of all over the place and nothing is really panning out. I think that um, I have people do an exercise. I don't know if, I think you probably were on the call when I had people do this exercise. And I asked, like, okay, what were you, what was your goal when you were a child? Like, when you were, like, 10 years old, what was your dream job? And for a lot of people, you find, statistically, people are more fulfilled when the job that they're doing as an adult is in alignment with the same, like, dream job that they had when they were 10 years old or, like, around fourth or fifth grade. And the science behind that is essentially that that age is the last time when you're not impacted by peer pressure. So you are really saying, this is my dream job, and it's because really that's what you feel. That's what you really want to do. And then when you get a little older, your parents have an opinion. You think about like what makes the most money and like what your friends are doing and what you think is possible and self-limiting beliefs and all these things. Those things don't really exist when you're that young. Like, you think about um, confidence, which a lot of people struggle with. Confidence, infants don't have issues with confidence. That's why you see them, like, willing to jump off the bed and willing. They don't see danger. They don't see, like, 
negative impacts for their actions. So it's like the whole world is open and they're able to do whatever they want to do. And over time, we learn that eh, that might not work for you. You're not smart enough to do that or you're not pretty enough to do that or, you know, girls don't do that or whatever. Or it's never been done in our family. So we kind of curtail our journey to respond to what people are telling us is possible for us. And then all this other stuff gets in the mix of what our journey looks like. Yeah. I, I love that you start off at 10 years old because if you asked, you know, dream job around three or four, I always wanted to be, <laughs> I always wanted to be the garbage man. Did you? Because, yeah, because my mom would, would always tell this story <laughs> because I'm an adventurer. I'm a thrill seeker. Uh-huh. And I always saw the garbage man riding on the side of the truck. Uh, and I was like, I want to be that guy. I've never heard anybody say that before. <laughs> Ever. But ten year but ten year old me <laughs> was, was was saying, you know, what I'm doing what I'm doing now and what I imag- and what I imagined myself doing is running a business and doing things that impact a lot of people, those thoughts were present when I was It's 10. crazy. It, I feel like for most people that's the same thing and then there's some people who are like, No, it's completely different. It's like, Well, are you happy? No, actually. And for some reason, those thoughts from when you were 10, like whatever that job is, they still think about it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still, like, to this day, I mean, I remember that's when I really started reading some more businessy type books. Really? At 10? Yeah. <laughs> and I would check out books in the library about stocks and, and whatnot. Oh, wow. But this, yeah. uh, but, and because when I was 10, I was, I hadn't fully transitioned into the class clown yet. Okay. Okay. So I was still you know, <laughs> relatively focused, and I was always talking business and marketing. That and, is funny. And my parents, my dad always said, he's like, you need to go into marketing or something like that, something in business. So early on, I was like, okay, I know it. And then, yeah, I got a little off track with just not being focused, and then mm-hmm. things things going on at home. That's what happens. But, you know, we're back now. Yeah. So, and part of that is because of having these people you know being around people like you being around people like Kyle being in this community with people that are chasing their ambitions and Mm -hmm. helping people and just making the world a better place yeah and if you really think about like if you were to put your life's journey like just event in chronological order if you took out all of the things that weren't in alignment with that from like 10 years old Mm -hmm. and you took all those things out if you look at just the events that were in alignment with that those things probably all made you happy and when you like like how you talked about my journey it's like it just seems like it's all like bam 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 it's like mm-hmm. yours probably does too if you take out all the times when you didn't listen to yourself and what you really wanted and what you really believed and the discernment that you had and all those things then it probably looks like that too yeah absolutely so i want to jump into the mingle brand and really unpackage a lot of that and i know through the mingle brand what you do is you help people <laughs> unpackage that a lot of nice. things <laughs> So let's unpackage Mingle and learn about how you help people unpackage their baggage. But talk about that, the premise of it, and everything that you do through it. And then I've got some stuff that we'll we'll dive deeper into that. Okay, let's start with the title. So the Mingle brand and also the Ready to Mingle book. So a lot of people, I've realized they, you know the phrase, I'm single and I'm ready to mingle. But a lot of times people are not. So you say you're single, that might be true. But are you actually ready to mingle? That's the question because people will say that and then last night they were crying over the last situation. Or they just cuss somebody out in the drive-thru at Wendy's. Or they're 
a horrible um, business person or they're, they're a liar or like just all of these things. I believe that we don't separate who we are in different arenas. I think that a lot of times you'll find who you are in business is the same as who you are in family relationships, who you are in friendships, who you are as a romantic partner. I think it's very difficult to be a dishonest person at work but be an honest person at home. So what we seek to do through the book as well as just through the brand in general is get people ready to really be able to create healthy relationships with other people as well as with themselves. A lot of us have a very negative relationship with ourselves. We haven't forgiven ourselves for things from the past. We, um, we judge ourselves. We feel a lot of guilt and shame. We lack self-confidence. We tell ourselves things about ourselves that aren't true. Mm. So um, that's what we help people do. It's not just about, I think a lot of people focus on, I want to be married or I want this and that. And sometimes you're not ready for that. Yeah. Are you ready to even be a good business partner or a good friend, a good son or daughter? Like all of those things are important and it starts with who you are, like the self-awareness part. Yeah, yeah. So let's focus on the conversation within and the self-awareness piece, especially since we're in a new year mm-hmm. and what's running through a lot of folks' minds are my goals mm-hmm. or things places I want to travel, destinations. But let's talk about being the best version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Self-awareness. Love the topic. I'm going to ask a loaded question, broad question, but how can people become more self-aware? Like, what are some some of the best strategies or tips that you've found over the years now in your your work as a life coach that people can uh, zone in on? Okay, so I'm going to start with one that's not my book then I'm gonna go back because the book is really the best thing um but the first thing I think if you're a writer then I would say there's a a term that I use I don't know that I made this up but I love this it's called stream of consciousness so just write your stream of consciousness if you're a speaker speak your stream of consciousness and what that means is write whatever is on your mind. Speak whatever is on your mind. And you could just like record it on your phone or whatever, or just write it in a journal. And it doesn't need to have any sequence to it. It doesn't need to have any order. Eventually, though, if you do it long enough, like if you sit and say, I'm going to just write my stream of consciousness for 30 minutes, eventually you'll get to how you actually feel. Because for some people, for me to say, write about how you feel right now, it's like, I'm good, I'm okay, I'm fine. And then that's kind of where it ends. If you write for long enough, your brain will tell you. Like, it'll just come out if you just do it for long enough. Like, and then what I, what I mean when I say stream of consciousness is just like, I'm just writing because I need to be writing my stream of consciousness right now. Hmm, I'm kind of hungry. Hmm, last time I was hungry. And then eventually you'll just, you know, get to something that has some substance to it. I promise it works. It really does. Yeah. Um, The other thing, like I said, is my book. The book was created as a way to work on yourself when you don't know where to start. So there are topics that talk about um, rebuilding trust, redefining what trust means. Um, Discernment is the last chapter, my very favorite. Talking about toxic traits and triggers, and then talking about like your magnetism. So what type of people you attract and then what that said not just attract but the people that you stay connected to and what that means about you Mm. and then the last one is um talking about reframing your past experiences 
I'm going to go to stream of consciousness, and then I want to go to the magnetism. I love that. Okay. Stream of consciousness. So one thing that I've started doing is journaling. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel that after five or ten minutes, mm-hmm. I'm good to go. Sometimes that five to ten minutes, I feel like I've really let something out. Okay. Other times, I feel like I'm writing and nothing is coming about. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've talked to some friends about this, too, and they've, they've expressed the same feelings and thoughts. So then you recommend, hey keep going until you hit that 30 minute mark or just keep going until you really get that thought of hey I'm actually getting something out here yeah I think the the to just start off set a time and like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna write for this period of time Mm -hmm. and then I I think it's likely that you'll it'll spark something another thing that I like to do when we're thinking about really digging into self-awareness Um, So, you know, last night we had the dinner and the theme was crushing. Mm -hmm. A really great theme from that book by T.D. Jakes, Crushing, um, was when you think about times where you feel like you're being covered in all this dirt and, you know, you're a seed, you're in the ground, but like all this dirt is being put on you. A lot of times that's going to come after a harvest season. So it's like, gosh, everything was going so good and then now all this dirt is on me. It's like, geez, Louise, I just can't win. Mm -hmm. When you think about those times, what that means is that there is some theme that you're overlooking in your life. So this dirt is being piled on top of you. This manure is being put on top of you because you need those nutrients to be able to grow from whatever that theme is that you keep overlooking. Mm -hmm. So I think a helpful thing for us to constantly be thinking about is what themes in our life continue to reoccur. And... That's something we can always be reflecting on. And if you think about, okay, during those, those themes, who was involved? What characteristics of this person like, do I keep seeing in different people? Because I think that lessons are repeated until they're learned. So we'll see the same people in different bodies. We'll experience the same things in different situations, but they're like so similar. We'll um, be offered the same opportunities, but just like from a different place until we really grasp the lesson. So if you are seeking greater self-awareness, I would say start with the lessons, trying to really learn those lessons by looking at the themes that keep playing out. Because a lot of times we say like, why does this keep happening to me? Why do I keep coming across people that keep trying to use me? Why do I keep um, ending up in abusive relationships? Well, these, these um, situations are going to bear a lot of resemblance to one another. So if we really take the time to like detail them out and then start to do like a comparison and contrast kind of thing to see like, well, what are the commonalities in those situations? What lessons have I been missing? And then how can I like prevent them from going on in the future? Yeah, yeah. That makes me think of something that we talk about in manufacturing. It's let's say an issue happens on on the airplane. Mm -hmm. I work at Boeing, that's my full-time job. Anytime that, let's say, we blew a hole Mm -hmm. when we're we're installing a part, why did that hole get blown? Right. Oh, the driller was messed up. Mm -hmm. Why was the driller messed up? Mm -hmm. Oh, you didn't get it calibrated. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you get it calibrated? Oh, I wasn't looking at the calibration schedule. Right. So it's asking, do you also recommend posing the why questions until you can break down to the root cause interestingly that's actually a life coach thing Mm -hmm. like if um 
if we're trying to get to the root of a problem is yeah to keep asking why it's like okay how do you feel today i feel sad why i don't know no no why mm-hmm. I, well i um i was late today why why does that bother you because i don't like being late why don't you like being late and then eventually, if you give substantive answers, you'll get to the root cause. So, like, don't be okay with just an I don't know. And maybe an I don't know is, like, for right now, I don't know. I just, I can't figure it out right now. But come back to it. Mm. I love that. And it's such a simple exercise. When Every, every time I'm interviewing people and, and learning more about their, their domain, their expertise, I want people to be able to take simple lessons. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing here is that by asking why. Mm-hmm. And then, but but backing up a second, what I'm hearing is by auditing mm-hmm. your life yep. and the reoccurring themes, mm-hmm. and then asking why, mm-hmm. that really breaks it down to here's why you're having these issues, or mm-hmm. here's why you're having these successes. Right now, what I also hear with this is systems. When I talk about goals, goals are just outcomes. Mm-hmm. What allows you, what enables you to accomplish a goal is having a system in place. Mm-hmm. A system is built on habits. For instance, if you're going to read 12 books in a year, you have to have a system of reading daily or weekly. Mm-hmm. So applying that to self-awareness and discovering yourself, the activities you just mentioned, is this something that you recommend looking at daily, looking at this daily list of themes, or is this something you recommend doing weekly quarterly monthly I'm curious like what how can someone build a system around what you just said I think that eventually you get to a place where you can do it like when I'm feeling away and we all know what that means like I'm feeling some type of way mm-hmm. um I do that and I say okay what 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 am I feeling okay why do I feel like that like is there something deeper and I keep asking myself why I think if you're trying to build that muscle that self-awareness muscle where you can do that like just in times where you're feeling some type of way I think that it should be it could be a daily thing Mm -hmm. because when you don't know how you are feeling you are more liable for other people to make you react in ways that you wouldn't want to act Um, And when I say that, I mean, I think a lot of people, especially people that are not self-aware, they're easily brought out of character. Um, And I talk about that in my book as well. I don't believe people can bring you out of character. I believe that people have the ability to reveal what you're capable of. So when I think about, we think about like the animal kingdom, my dog has never quacked. He doesn't do that. I mean, she was the girl. She doesn't do that. That's not in her nature to do that. No matter how angry she gets or disturbed or aggravated or whatever, she's not going to start quacking. That's not in her nature. Um, I don't think that we can get pushed out of our character, out of our nature. I think that maybe she might bite you. She's capable of doing that. I think we're only capable of doing the, you know, so much. And you have to sit with yourself again and start asking those why questions. Why did I respond in that way? It's not about the other person and what they did. That's another conversation for another time. But I think the better question is, why did I respond in that way? What about that situation was triggering for me? Mm -hmm. And then how can I redirect that in the future? 
Yeah. Do you look back at, do you document all of this and look back at it over the years? That's one thing. So my goals, I write, I've got what I call my success book. Mm. And every goal, every affirmation, positive thing, or even evaluation of myself that I've ever done for the last 10 years, it's there. Ooh. And I look at it every now and then, and I'll, I'll flip back to 2011 where I started, or 2016, 2018, and I'm like, wow. I grew a lot. Yeah. And I see that I see that is something, you know, you can do that with what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Do you do that? I don't keep physical records of things much. Um, I am, I would say sort of, not diagnosed, but I feel like I'm anxiety prone. So I replay everything in my head. Like, if you ask me, like, what are you thinking about? I'm probably, like, after this, I'll replay this conversation in my head. Um, so I am constantly just thinking. Mm-hmm. I saw online the other day that, like, not everybody has an internal monologue. And that blew my mind. Oh, my God. Hold on. What? <laughs> Before we came here. You know, and you just met my parents. Mm-hmm. Before we came here, I was sitting down having breakfast with my sister. And mm-hmm. I was actually researching the Mingle brand and <laughs> just reading up. Uh-huh. Making, sure, making sure I knew. I, I always do my research on, on guests. Mm-hmm. And my sister brought up, do you have internal monologues? Really? That was the this last, morning? That was the last question she asked that me. That is so funny. Before we left. Because See? I'm telling you, it's like serendipitous moments. It tells you things are in alignment. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy and then my dad was saying he's like I can't have dreams really <laughs> yeah. and then my sister said do you have internal monologues and I'm like and I thought I thought that everyone has internal me too monologues. me too that blue like I brought it up to Kyle I was like have you heard about an internal you have an internal monologue I was like some people don't have them he's like what is that and I was like explaining it to him and I'm, he's like yeah doesn't everybody have that and I'm like no apparently apparently not yeah it, it's crazy that we're that we're on this topic right now. And it was literally, <laughs> literally before I walked out of the door two hours ago, that was being brought up. That's so crazy. It's not innate. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah, that blew my mind when mm-hmm. I realized that because that is so, I feel like that's such a huge part of my identity mm-hmm. is the fact that I do that. And I can't even imagine what that would be like to not have that type of, I feel like the internal monologue is sort of synonymous with my ability to reflect on stuff. So if there was no voice inside, I don't know what like what that would be like. I can't mm-hmm. even imagine. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> going to magnetism. Mm-hmm. You touched on that. Said so I was going to come back to Love it. that one. Magnetism. Can you talk about the premise of that? Because the way I understand it is, you know, we attract certain people in our lives based off of how we act and what we say we want, what we're intentional about. I believe that the reason why I know Kyle and even you now is mm-hmm. because. I'm intentional about goals and personal development. And somehow, some way, I just feel as if Kyle and this mastermind group and you and this amazing community, just there was this pull. Mm. But mm. I'd, love, I'd love to get your take. Yes. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, so my ideas on identifying your magnetism shake up the idea of you attract who you are. Mm. I don't think that you attract who you are. I think you attract what likes you. I think you stay connected to what you're ready for. So when I say that, 
you're going to attract all kinds of people, people that like you for whatever reason. Maybe they like what you can do, what you can provide. They like who you are. They're compatible with who you are. Some of them are not. Some of them are. You know, darkness is going to be attracted to light. Mm -hmm. I think that you stay connected to what you're ready for. So when I say that, I mean that if you are, this is something that keeps coming up, if you are a dishonest person, it's going to be very difficult for you to stay connected to honest people mm. because you're not ready to be honest and they have no incentive to put up with someone that is dishonest. So it's going to be very unlikely that you're going to be connected to a lot of people that are honest if you're just habitually dishonest um, and then vice versa. I think that that's why a lot of times when you look around at your circle, they mirror you because they're who you're ready for. At the point where you're ready for more, you start to see those people kind of weed themselves out because they're not ready for you. Do you write out what you're ready for next then? I think you should. I think So I think that you should always be looking at your expectations. Mm -hmm. And expectations for some reason is a very dirty word. People feel like I don't have expectations for people. I let people be who they are. People are, are they're, able to be who they are that does not mean that they're owed access to you so I think that you should always be reevaluating what your expectations are for yourself what your expectations are in terms of like goals and things like that also what your expectations are for all the people that are given access to you so whether that be and this is a, a little bit of a tumultuous topic whether this be family members they need expectations and boundaries too if this is romantic relationships, if this is business partnerships, if this is whoever, everybody needs expectations set. And this is not something that you necessarily have to communicate as soon as you, you know, come up with like a list of them like, all right, guys, now my expectations are this in this season. <laughs> but I think that for every season, there is more expected of you. For you to advance to the next season, there are more expectations on you. So it is also, you know, commonsensical that the people around you, they have to rise as well. Um, there is an exercise in my book where I have you write out like a contract. It's like a faux contract between you and the different people in your life. Mm -hmm. So it's like our relationship, dear whoever, like our relationship, I am expecting this, this, and this. When you are upset, I expect this, this, and this. When you like, And I think you need to think about all these different things like how you expect to be communicated to, how you expect to be considered. Um, when someone needs space, how do you what do you expect that to look like? If you're in a relationship, what do you like? What are you What are you looking for? Mm -hmm. um, and that may change over time. Most likely, it will. Yeah. So yeah, just thinking about that. Yeah, but then also writing it down and communicating it because if you don't do that, you you I feel like correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a reason why a lot of relationships may fail is because we have these expectations mm -hmm. in our head of what we expect, and, and this this goes for friendships, business relationships, mm -hmm. everything. We have these expectations in our head of, hey, I expect you to be present or to be with me mm -hmm. three days a week and engaging right. in conversation. That's what I expect in my head. Mm -hmm. But if I don't tell you that, and let's say you your style is a little different, like, you're okay, you're only around once a week. Now I'm mad, <laughs> and then we've got this, we've got this, yeah. this conflict because I'm not communicating my expectations. Yes. I believe I cannot expect anybody to follow my expectations until I communicate them. Mm. Once I communicate them, then I can say, okay, 
you're not following those. So you're either unwilling or unable to. Either one of those is a problem. If you're unwilling to, that's a problem. If you're unable to, that's also a problem. I'm not upset with you, but I now can take that information and do with it what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. You were talking about seasons of life, Mm -hmm. and that's something that before I met Kyle, before I met you, the mastermind, that's not something that I often talked about, Mm -hmm. seasons of life and what season I'm in, but I talk about it a lot now. Really? And I love it. Oh, I absolutely love love it. Can you talk about the seasons analogy and then what season of life are you in? Ooh, good one. And, and what season of life were you in? And what, what, are you, what were you in in 2021? <clears throat> and what season are you entering? Okay, so when we think about seasons, just like our actual seasons, winter, spring, summer, fall, um, there are periods of, there are some periods that don't look good, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like, when we think about winter, it's very barren. And there's not a lot of visible growth going on. And then you have certain seasons, like the summer um, where things are like fully, they're fully bloomed, but we understand that they're about to die. And so with every season, there are different things that we can expect in those seasons, but we also understand that it's cyclical. So once we experience a harvest, we're going to come into a barren season very soon. And then that's going to be the time and opportunity for us to start to plant and, you know, get the ground ready for the next season and the next harvest and all those things. 2021 was the beginning of, like, I could see that I had been planting these seeds for so long. Mm -hmm. And there was a bit of confusion because I didn't really know what the harvest was even supposed to look like, but I was steadily planting because that's what faith has you do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would say, I guess that would have meant that I was in a, like a, hmm, probably like a winter, really. It was like at some point, the beginning of 2021, I was just like, I just feel like a mess. Like everything that I'm trying is not working. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but Lord, whenever you want to tell me I'm here, I'm listening, just let me know. There's no complaints (laughs) from me. I'll do it. Just tell me. And so then towards the the middle of the year and like the end of the year, I felt like I was really in my stride and I could start to see things starting to bloom. And that was like really exciting. Um, And so now I feel like I'm like in spring. I don't feel like I'm completely in summer. I think I'm in spring Mm -hmm. right now. Spring season. Yeah. What season are you looking forward to most? Um, I think... I think everybody looks forward to the summer, I think, because <laughs> that's like the summer, I mean, the feeling where everything feels good. Yeah. Interestingly, I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday, and I was like, this is such an interesting season in my life because I feel like I'm at a place right now where I can see why things that didn't work out didn't work out. Mm. And that is such a lovely place to be when everything starts to click, and it's like, well, that didn't work, but I see why. And I think it's so true that... Um, when something is nothing that is taken from you will ever be tied to your destiny so the things that you're left with in this moment you need them at this moment for your destiny but anything that has left you has been taken from you is no longer with you has been removed from you you didn't need that to get to your destiny that's cool anything that has been taken from you is not needed for your destiny yeah 
anything that has been taken from you is not needed for your destiny. I love that because what, what that's getting me to think about is it's almost like you're leaving something behind. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's almost like you're dropping baggage. Mm-hmm. Dropping and baggage. You're dropping baggage. It's, you don't need it. You don't need to carry it anymore. Maybe, you know, whatever you got from it, you learned something from it. Maybe it's influenced who you are today, but it's not part of the bigger picture, the destiny. Yeah, and it was necessary for that season. Like, a yeah. winter coat is necessary in the winter. It's mm-hmm. not necessary in the summer. Mm-hmm. It just got me thinking about some things that that I lost or some failures that I had that, hey, they're no longer with me. There's some people that are no longer with me, and they are the reason why I am who I am today. Mm-hmm. I love that. And another piece of the Mingle brand that I highlighted when I was doing my research, you focus on helping people unpack baggage. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things that we have tucked away because either they make us uncomfortable or they make other people uncomfortable. There's a lot of baggage that we're carrying that doesn't even belong to us. Mm-hmm. It's like our parents. It's um, our past relationships. It's other people's stuff. And we're just like, they asked us to hold it, and we're like, okay, well, hopefully they'll pick it back up eventually. Until then, I'm, I'm carrying it because they entrusted me with it. Um, and those things prevent us from getting to where we need to be. Do you feel like there's baggage that we carry that we're not aware of until we start doing a lot of these self-reflecting activities? I think majority of our baggage, we're not aware of it until we do that. Because you, it's hard to see, if you don't even know how you feel, you certainly don't know what's making you feel how you feel. Mm. So you overlook a lot of stuff and it becomes normal at some point. It's like, this is just the way I am. That I've always been this way. But why? Again, why? Why, though? Would you be this way without that situation? If you let that go, would you still be this way? Are you choosing to be this way? Like, it's a, there's a lot of why questions again. Mm-hmm. And I love the practical exercises and application that you're dropping here because people can take this and incorporate it into their lives, and there's what I'm hearing now is a plethora of different benefits between doing the why exercise, self-reflecting, what it's going to do. It's going to promote self-awareness mm-hmm. it's going to ensure that people are aware of your expectations mm-hmm. and that you know what your expectations are and also the, the another benefit is that you're going to relieve yourself of baggage work some of us are carrying 100 pound rucksacks mm-hmm. on our backs right now mm-hmm. and we have no idea mm-hmm. we just feel bad yeah and we don't know why mm-hmm yeah, and, and it's through doing these self-reflecting activities. Interestingly enough, and going back, I was actually on a podcast recently. It's called Drop Your Baggage. Oh. And, and Kyle was on it. Kyle, Kyle was on it. And, and the, the host, Charles Wolfort, shout out to Charles. He focuses on what he calls mental and emotional release mm. therapy. It's, it's like a guided meditation mm. that he walks you through. And on this, on the episode... He uncovers whatever fear that someone may have. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, it was fear of being hurt because of mm-hmm. what I saw growing up. Right. And then also through a really bad breakup experience that I had that I'm actually, yeah, I'm sharing more about that. That, you know, I thought I was with someone that was going to be my forever that I met in college. We were living together. And then long story short, came home one day and after three and a half years of dating and everything was gone. It's really? like, whoa. Wow. Yeah. But, and with that, you know, it, it prompted me to put my walls up yeah. and, and everything. And, and it added some baggage. It yeah, added some baggage that I didn't know that I had. But then going through this 
through this guided meditation and really just digging into the root causes mm-hmm. and the whys. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't dwell on these things, and mm-hmm. again, I, I credit these things for making me who I am. Mm-hmm. I went through that, and my God, I had baggage I didn't know I had. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, even just thinking... She wasn't tied to your destiny. Exactly. That's where I was getting at, too. Yeah. That was, that was without saying it before, I said there's certain people mm. that are no longer around. She wasn't tied to your destiny. And no. it, it probably wasn't easy to deal with at the time. No. But now you, you're probably starting to see why she couldn't have been there for mm-hmm. you to get to where you needed to be. Yeah. I love that we can take an actual example because I was, I was going to bring it up. <laughs> And I figured, you know what, I think this this resonates with, yeah. with that. Yeah. But now we have an actual example. You know, mm-hmm. there's people that come through our lives that, even whether it's through a, a relationship or a marriage or business partnership, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and had she not done what she, what did, she did, who knows? We might not be sitting here. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, that's one of the things that I talk about is, one of the questions I ask is, when you look at the situation that happened, although it might have been like, horrible at the time, is there any other circumstance under which you could have learned the lesson? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's no. Like you needed, and I hate to say that because some stuff is so horrible, but a lot of times you needed something in that situation to happen for you to get it the way you needed to get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. sometimes that provides a little solace. I think life is our is one of the greatest teachers mm-hmm. you can ever have. And sometimes it's, it's brutal, you know, and, and I remember walking into the, walking into the apartment mm. and I was, and I'm looking around, hmm, like why is, why is one of the paintings down? It's crazy. And then, and now, and, but now I can tell the story and I, with a smile on my yeah. face, you see me, I'm smiling yeah. because you know what? I'm a better man. I'm a better person. I'm going to be a better yeah. future yeah. boyfriend, husband, yeah. fiance, father, you name it mm-hmm. because of this. Yeah. But yeah, walking in there, painting was down, and then I'm like, hmm, that is okay. Crazy. And then and then this is the funny part. This is where it really hit me because I, I had no clue. <laughs> no offense to any women listening. No offense, Gunna. <laughs> women take up a lot of closet space. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the closet all so of a sudden had a whole wa- bunch of space. I walk into the closet. I'm like, what's all this space? <laughs> I could see all my clothes. <laughs> wow, that is. Gonzo, but you yes. know what? You know what? I I would not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rewrite. The, we don't get to write all the chapters in the book of life. That's the no. beauty. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, we don't get to write all the chapters. Right, right. That's true. We just try to make sense of what's happening and prepare for the next season. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it made the next season. You know, the following that, the the following seasons were a little rough personally. Mm-hmm. Just my confidence was yeah crushed. Yeah. But beyond that, professionally, my career and everything else mm. skyrocketed. Of course. Skyrocketed. You went through a pruning season, and she had to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. So talking about self-prioritizing yourself, mm-hmm. that's another thing I wrote down, just doing all my studies. <laughs> Prioritizing yourself. Sometimes I think it's something that's easier said than done. Yeah. Prioritize yourself. For sure. You're number one. We're in a new year, and this is a hot topic. So mm-hmm. for people listening, what are some tips on how you can begin to truly prioritize yourself? I think it first starts with those expectations and boundaries. Mm. Like, And even on a basic level, when you can't figure out what are my expectations, 
okay, start with how do I want to feel mm-hmm. when I talk to people, when I talk to my friend, when I talk to my sister, when I talk to whoever? How do I want to feel? Um, what things are important to me in this season right now? Like what? And then you start to think like, okay, to what extent do I want the people that I give access to me to be involved in the things that bring me joy? And that starts to lay out expectations. So if prayer is important to me in this season, is it important to me that my partner also prays? Mm. If going to the movies is something that brings me joy, who do I want to share that with? And then that helps you start to say like, okay, I would like to go on a date every month or every week, or I would like um, to go to church together or spend holidays together like those things that are important to you I would like it's important to me that we're able to laugh because laughing is important to me um and then so you can start to see okay if this person doesn't make me laugh and this is important to me that's a problem if this person doesn't want to pray but praying is important to me that's a problem and you can start to make decisions based on the things that you identify as being important to you mm-hmm. I love that and I was we were just down here recording an episode with Kyle and he referenced an activity where you draw a line down a paper. Loves activity with a line. <laughs> I love it too. I, I wrote it down while he was talking about it. I was thinking, man, I can wait until the episode pump comes out and listen to it, but I started writing it down. But I think it's just so important and I'm going to bring it up again that you know, writing out what you want mm-hmm. and put a line down. I'm going to do it right now while I'm looking at you. Put a line down on the left side, you know, who are three people that you admire or you want to be like? Uh-huh. And then on the right side, why? And yeah. What, what are the qualities? Mm-hmm. And that gets you to who you want to be. Mm-hmm. But then also this is, hey, this is who I expect yeah. others to be that are gonna, right. that are allowed to be in my circle, that have the opportunity to be in my circle. This is, this is it. Yeah. And I want to say too, just... Um, to kind of round that out somebody can be not compatible with you and not be a bad person and I think that sometimes we feel like oh well if I don't want to be friends with this person anymore I'm implying that they're bad and they're not bad Mm -hmm. they don't have to be bad to not be compatible with who you are right now and what you need right now and that's prioritizing you first is saying you're a great person but I need different not even saying I need more. I just need different. Not Because more implies that you're not enough. I'm not saying that you're not enough because for someone, you may be exactly what they need. You're not what I need right now in this season. I need different. One thing I like to say is I want everyone to eat. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to eat. I want everyone to be successful. But I want want everyone to eat. Mm-hmm. Just not at my table. Right. There's <laughs> another table that is serving what is fit for you. Yep. Yep. What we're serving over here... It's not compatible with you and where you're at. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's like, everybody doesn't want to go to Ruth Chris. Some people are like, I want, I don't know, Shima's or if I go to Chow today. Yeah. That's fine. A okay. <laughs> as long as you're being nice to that bitch. Be nice to everyone. <laughs> not everyone's got to sit down and eat with you, but you got to be nice to everyone. Right. Be, be a good person. Right. Be a good person. And communicate, like you said. And communicate. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget one of my mentors in my graduation card. I kept this. And this is something that I tell people, just a life mantra. Do things right and do the right things. Yes. Just be a good person. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds so simple. (laughs) On prioritizing yourself, one thing that I do on my goals list is every year I write out key priorities. Mm. And self-care was something that I was horrible at. I was Mm. 
the worst. I didn't take my first real vacation in corporate until three years after I started. Oh, gosh. And it's not something that I'm proud of. Yeah, because you like traveling. I love traveling. Yeah. And, and it was in 2018 where I went to Hawaii for my birthday, and ever since then, been going every, been going somewhere every year, at least in December. So, yeah, I was just in Costa Rica. Yeah. I see a good deal. Scotch Cheap Flights, by the way, for folks listening. You Sponsor see this podcast. <laughs> Sponsored by Scotch Cheap Flights. <laughs> But I prioritize self-care now. Yeah. And that's something that I put on my goals board because I see it every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious what that looks like for you. So for me, every Monday on my calendar, I have a reminder and it comes up at four o'clock and it says schedule activity for self. Mm. And that could be anything. It could be going and playing golf. It could be going on the kayak with the dog. It could be going just to go walk on the beach since I'm down in Charleston. Mm -hmm. But I've found that to be something that makes me intentional about prioritizing my time and myself. Curious if there's any sort of advice or activities, things that you've seen that work well or things that you recommend to people that you work with when it comes to prioritizing self-care. So one thing that I'm a proponent of is I think think you might have heard this from me before, is like the do-nothing days. Mm. And what that means is I I take a day. That's what my mom always used to tell me. Like, take a day. If you need to take a day, take a day. And some, some events require more than one day. And I do that. And I do that without shame, without guilt, without the need to like, oh, I need to check emails or I need to whatever. I do that and I don't have to do anything. Like, I can sit and literally sit on the couch and not feel guilty about it because a lot of times we'll talk about like being productive well making sure that you're in a good place mentally is productive because if you're still trying to work and you're at 20 percent if you took a day and could get yourself back up to 80 percent you have already accounted for you know that 20 percent that you would have kept working so like if you work 20 percent you're at 20 percent today Tomorrow you're probably at 18%, and it keeps going downhill. If I take a day, get back to 80%, I've, like, recouped all this time that I would have lost, like, because I was afraid to take a day. Mm-hmm. And do you do – how often do you do that? Is it more so – on like, do you schedule them in? So one of my friends, Chris Chapman, who's local here, and he was on the podcast, he says – once a month, like, one Saturday a month, he has a do-nothing Saturday. Really? A do-nothing Saturday, Yeah. And for you, like, are they scheduled in or is it more so as needed? They're not really scheduled in. It is as needed. It probably does happen at least, like, once a month, though, Mm -hmm. I would say. And the way that I am able to not feel guilty about that is the days where I am working, I am working. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm more about effort than I am about time. So it's not about me working 10 hours. It's about being intentional because that was my word for 2021 was intentionality being intentional about the activity that I'm doing. If I know that I'm sitting at the computer and I'm like looking around and I'm like gazing off and not focused, I need to stop working because that's not doing anything for what I'm trying to do. Like that's not accomplishing the purpose. So I'm just intentional in my action and I think it prevents burnout. I love that. And being intentional about your time is so important and something that, again, it was a big lesson that I learned because I was not. I, I valued time in office as sorry 
So being intentional about your time is super important because if not, then let's say you start working 70-hour weeks. Mm-hmm. Then your employer expects you to be the 70-hour person. Yes. And the 80-hour person. And yes. Then, and then your responsibilities pile up, and then you're in trouble. Yes. And I think a lot of times people, if you're not on this wavelength, I can come across as very mean because I don't want it's, – it's setting expectations again and boundaries – I don't want to start anything that I'm not going to continue to do. So if I tell you, and it's the same way like if you're training an animal or something. Like if I tell you, don't call me after 9 o'clock, which is late anyway. But if I say don't call me after 9 p.m. because I'm not working after 9. And then if you do call, I answer still. That communicates to you that it's okay to call me after 9. I'm going to answer the phone. So then you'll start to do it. And then if I don't do it, it's a problem because it's like, well, you you normally answer. And that's reasonable for the other person to think. Like, if you set an expectation, but you don't follow it, or if I tell you not to call me after 9, but you're always calling me after 9, or I'm always calling you after 9, then that, it gives the impression that, like, okay, well, if you do it too, like, mm-hmm. why is it a problem? Yeah. So it's important to communicate yeah and like stick to them like don't just say it do it so we're in a new year we're fresh into 2022 what are some of your goals and things we can look out for you to accomplish this year so the baggage check podcast subscribe look out for it (laughs) (laughs) by the time this launches this episode that should be available to to check out um and then that honestly This is the first year where I am really trying to be intentional about getting out of my way and not leaning into my own understanding. God told me to do the podcast. So Kiana's doing the podcast. She did not ask any questions. She's just like, all right, got to get it done. Um, I, I have some other like smaller goals But this is the very first time where I'm allowing him to lead me in the way that he sees fit. And I can see certain things. I can see that there will be a community. I can see that there will be a conference. I can see that there will potentially be another book. There will be a lot of things that accompany the podcast, maybe a course. He hasn't shown them to me yet, though. So while I know that they're in the background, my focus, there's a book. Have you read The One Thing? I haven't read that one yet, no. That is that changed my life. Add it to the list? Yes. Okay. By Gary Keller. Yep. That book is amazing because a lot of times we feel like um, we, we can multitask. And it talks about multitasking not being a real thing. Because you cannot efficiently, like you can't catch two rabbits running in opposite directions. Like you have to focus on one to get anything. Mm-hmm. If you try to chase after both, you're probably going to end up with nothing. So I'm trying to be intentional, coming back from last year, in committing to something and not being so like, I just want to do all these things and I want a course and I want this and then not be able to give the podcast the attention that it deserves. And I understand that if, if done properly, there will be, you know, income that comes from that and clients that come from that and all these things. I have like goals for reaching a certain number of um, YouTube subscribers and things like that. But my singular focus is the podcast because it was given from God. Mm -hmm. So there's a responsibility there. 
And he has told me that once I do that, he will open up the journey to like what I need to be doing next. I love that because even at the very beginning, you want people to see God through you. And this is being spoken to you and, mm-hmm. you're, and you're acting on it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. How do people keep up with your journey? So you can follow me on Instagram at Kiana L. Williams. You can find me on YouTube at, uh, you can type in my name, Kiana Williams. Um, and you'll be able to subscribe to the podcast. Um, again, it's the Baggage Check Podcast. You can go to themingleBrand.com to see like any courses or um, my book is on Amazon. And you just type in Ready to Mingle. It pops up. Ready to Mingle. Get it. I've been having some fun with this last section. It's my rap, my rapid fire. Ooh. So you're on an elevator with someone. Okay. And at the Bank of America building in Charlotte, so big skyscraper. Mm-hmm. And you're going from the first floor to the tenth floor. Mm-hmm. Someone walks in like, oh, Kiana, <laughs> I've heard all about you. I've listened to the podcast. How can I be, what, what's, what's something I can do to be more self-aware? We're only going up ten floors, so it's going to be a quick elevator ride. So what do you tell them? I want you to start to listen to the things that you don't want to do and but that you feel led to do, the things that keep popping up. I want you to acknowledge that those are probably God speaking to you, and I want you to chase after those things. I want you to find synergy between those things and the things that you actually want to do, and those are the things that I want you to focus on. I love that. Now they say, man, that was so cool. You know what, Kiana? You're going to the 20th floor. I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to ride with you. What are some of the best resources that I can tap into to develop myself? Or books. Oh, gosh. Ready to Mingle, for one. Of course. Um, the One Thing by Gary Keller. Mm-hmm. Um, per- Personality Isn't Permanent by Ben Hardy. And Crushing by T.D. Jakes. Love it. They decided they're going to the top floor with you. <laughs> you like this Long elevator? Long elevator. You like, you like this elevator ride? <laughs> The, the, every 10 floors, like, you know what? I want you to keep, right. keep pouring into me. Keep pouring into me as quickly as you can. Finding one word for the year. Should someone ask, like, how can someone find their one word for the year? I want you to look at the recurring themes and the areas for improvement in those themes and see why that dirt keeps being laid upon you as the seed that's your word boom i love it i love all of the advice that you dropped kiana a lot of gold folks subscribe to her podcast it's going to be coming up soon buy the book and keep up with all the amazing things that kiana is doing we want to talk about someone who is changing lives and moving in purpose it's kiana williams if you enjoy the podcast Please be sure to subscribe it. Let me know what you think. I love hearing from y'all. Please be sure to, if you feel led, uh, leave a review. But we're doing big things in 2022. So tap into what Kiana has to say. Become more self-aware and win today. Thanks so much for tuning in.